to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. Hard to believe, but, uh, and I hate to say it, but it's the last golf show of the summer. We started in March and head through August. It's football season for yours truly. you got to start covering the bison on almost a daily basis. So um, that's the way it goes on in the radio world with the golf show as presented by Michelob Ultra. Coming to you from Gunderson Jewelers Studio in Fargo, 740 The Fan is a dial FM. It's 107.3, 740thefan.com is the web address. We're going to finish much like the way we started. I'd like to welcome in Greg McCullough, the head professional at Edgewood Golf Course, who batted leadoff way back in March, if you remember. One it was more a little... show. <laughs> yeah. One yeah. more show. One more show. All right. Maybe. Maybe. Well, first of all, I want to thank you and, and the Fargo Parks for allowing me to have the platform to talk about golf, to promote golf. It's a sport, I think, that is vital to any good community. Having good public courses is part of the mix, I think, to have good communities, just like bike trails, hospitals, a concert venue, schools, whatever. I think golf courses are a huge part of a, a, a great community. We, we, we would totally agree, and we appreciate you and all your hard work to keep the game of golf in front of everybody on a weekly basis. Well, so it's a, it's a great two-way street. We yep. appreciate uh, everything that uh, everybody does. It's been certainly my pleasure. How has the summer been? You know, we well, when did summer start? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that that's the question. Right. You know, we look at it, and, and this summer will be a little different than last summer only because we didn't get started March 28th. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a little bit, you know, the weather dictates what happens and, and the weather for basically April and the first part of May was not very good. Last year was perfect. So we kind of, kind of go ebbs and flows, but since everybody got going and operational, it's been, um, Katie bar the door. And I think you skirted the flood issues just well enough. And again, the renovation that was done several years ago was money well spent because I think that allowed you to survive it. There's no doubt, Jeff. I mean, we crested seven times, and I don't know. Seven. I'm probably one of the few people that know that. Jason Spitzner and I probably know that better than most. But you are correct. Without the renovation, mm-hmm. where we flooded at about 18 and a half feet, there's a really good chance we wouldn't have not, we would have not been able to play 18 holes till probably sometime middle of June. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, That's, you know, off on later, off earlier was kind of our goal, and and everybody did a great job to make that happen. Is there anything more you can do to the course in, in the in the uh, world of, of flood mitigation, or are you about topped out there? You know, I think we are kind of topped out. You know, we have to use, the engineers will tell us there's mm-hmm. not a lot more we can do. We're so active fault line-wise out there, that's kind of the, you know, the t- determining factor of how high we went to begin with and what's going on. So there is quite a bit of movement out there. I think we're kind of topped off. And if you look at it, generally speaking, percentage-wise, 
you know, I think the dollars spent obviously have paid themselves back to do more stuff mm-hmm. uh, would be great, you know, but I don't know if it financially makes a lot of sense. Yep. So uh, you're busy, man. Corporate outings left and right, especially this week. You got a lot of stuff going. And is that a segment of the golf industry that's picked up? Has it? Is it about the same as what it's always been? Where are we sitting with, uh, you know, the company outings that that are, are really important? I think to golf courses. Well, they are, and 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 you know, COVID threw kind of a wrench into everything, everybody, anyhow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before we would we would have corporate events. Um, I think they were starting to wane slightly. Um, they are starting to come back. A lot of places, and 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 us included. You know, we get more requests probably for corporate events that we can handle. We, okay. you know, that line between force play, we call it corporate events versus open play. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that we kind of try to get both of those as much as we can. And I think we've done a good job of maybe mitigating some of the smaller events so people can come and play. Don't get me wrong. There are days that obviously people can't play. Right. Um, and that's where it's nice to have the system we have. We have five golf courses. So there is usually some place you can play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think corporate events have, have started to come back even stronger. That's good. Greg McCall is the guest, the head professional at Edgewood Golf Course in North Fargo. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show is presented by Michelob Ultra. The driving range project, where are you with, on that? With, with, um, wasn't, the hope is to do some sort of artificial surface there, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, this year Osgood did their artificial turf, yep. you know, their super busy range. Mm-hmm. We've had it in our budget for a couple, three years. Um, I, we're finalizing next year's budget right now. Um, I believe it's still in there. I'm not 100% sure about okay. that. So, you know, that would be one of our goals just because of our range being so small, um, turf in the spring, turf in the fall, yeah. it, w- it would be a help for us. So I, I think we're moving forward there. Has the range been as popular as ever? Didn't you tweet something last year about a million golf balls or something hit? You know, we so once we started operationally, both golf courses and driving ranges at all three, all five yeah. of our facilities, but three ranges, I think mm-hmm. we're about the same, maybe up slightly. Wow. From from a year ago, so that's that's really actually saying something. So I mean, it it you know it takes a village. Everybody needs to do their work, and and a lot of times those people who do picking the driving range, cleaning balls, moving tees, things like that, at all of our facilities probably don't get enough credit because without them, right, things become a lot harder. Yeah, this is the fifth largest AM signal in the country, so it goes far and wide. So for people that don't know, Edgewood is one of these in these days. This day and age, a rare course where there's no houses on it. It's an old course. It was built in 1920s or? Uh, originally 1926. And then you posted photos from 1954 So some, somebody came in and dropped off a bunch of old black and white photos of when they were building the golf course when it turned to 18 holes. Oh, and this was the okay. old construction 50 and 51, I believe, opened in 52 and 53. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty cool to look at it. And there's a lot of pictures, Jeff, that, and, and thankfully, thank you to the person who dropped it off. Also, right. thankfully that they wrote some notes on the back of them because I'm not so sure there's a lot of places I can identify hmm. um, where these pictures were taken. But it's pretty cool to look back. There's a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's probably... You know, I would say I think there was 90 pictures. I think there's probably 40 pictures where I'm not really sure where it is. So wow. we kind of have a little mystery yeah. uh, mystery going there to, to identify the spot. 
Real interesting to see how a course evolves, doesn't it? Yes. It just evolves over time. Yes. And in, in here, you know, there's so many things, especially now. We went a long period of time, all the golf courses, nothing changed, right? Everything was mm-hmm. the same. And, and probably in the last five years, for sure, yeah. we've seen a lot of changes going on, partially because golf has gotten popular and people want to see something different. And, and everything goes through its life cycle. So even golf courses go through its life cycle. When it gets to the end of the life cycle, you know, grasses, trees, things like that we need to have an opportunity to try to do some different things with it so it it is interesting i replied on one of your photos that you put on twitter was that number nine indeed was i right uh that was number nine yeah that was number nine yes i recognize the trees i don't know why that is and the funny thing about it jeff is i think the pictures that we saw you know we've changed the numbers around at edgewood front and back Mm -hmm. so i think the pictures that i saw a lot of the numbers that we have currently one through nine Mm -hmm. are one through nine that they had Oh, originally. Right, originally. No kidding. So it changed that much between between the years, which I didn't know. So I've, they they did the, our current front nine first mm-hmm. and then the back nine, and I did not know that until we started to see these pictures. So the back nine was a, a 1950s construction. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Wrong. Yeah. So they, uh, my understanding is they did one, they, they took a year to do one, and then they took a year to do the other. Okay. Yeah. I have never seen pictures of that other of the other side though, but yeah. these are the first pictures that I've seen just in general from that long ago. In the renovation, what are you most proud of with that? Well, I think the I think the changes we did on current numbers three and four mm-hmm. in there, you know, have have saved us have saved us. You know, again this year it saved us probably three months and the golf course being in good shape. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's tricky to kind of try to pick what the future's going to bring. Mm-hmm. And I think we did, I think they did, and we did a really good job of, of trying to do the best we could. And, and again, we've you've said this, and I've said this a lot, and I said this just earlier, on later, off earlier has really been a bonus for us. Yeah. I think number three is one of the finest par threes in the area. I don't it disagree really with that. Yeah, that, that's a, that's it's it's actually become my favorite hole. Yeah, it's, uh, not the signature. We, uh, that's still number ten, right? We still got to go number ten. Number ten until until it, that tree <laughs> and, and that tree is failing. How's the tee sheet been this year? Really good. You know, once we got going, we're so lucky to have the support of this golf community that we have in this area, mm-hmm. especially with, again, the last couple of years. But this spring was kind of junky, and we weren't really sure if people would come back to golf as much as they have. But everybody's been very supportive of what we try to do, mm-hmm. and the golf courses, superintendents, and their staffs have just knocked it out of the ballpark, which, yeah. you know, when you have that, if it's the other way, nobody wants to play. But when the golf courses are so good – um, and we get some weather, um, it's been great. Yeah, and, and have you had enough rain to supplement? Timely rain. You yeah. know, if we wouldn't have had any that early, we it, it, it's been pretty good. We, you know, we were worried about water, irrigation, things like that, and we got some timely rains there, and we're actually sitting reasonably okay. This is kind of a dry period normally right. for us anyway, so you're going to see some dry spots, especially at Edgewood, because we, we have a center line system. We can't get to some of the roughs, yeah. but uh, so far, so good. Quickly, before we take a break, uh, hopes and dreams. What's one thing we need out there? Irrigation, uh, uh, irrigation at some point? You know, the two the two projects that I would like to see done before I'm done would mm-hmm. be the, the driving range project, and then we do need irrigation. He went, Jason went a good five weeks this, this spring without irrigation, right. and that would have been a huge, huge issue because we would have, you know, when you don't have irrigation, right, you're going to have to what? You're gonna have to close. Yeah, so, so that stuff uh, that would be a big thing. It's and it wears a, out. I mean, a, it does wear out, but it, it again, it's dollars. It's, yep. it's a hard nut to crack.
Well, that's worth the investment in, in my book and a lot of people's book. We're going to take a break. More with our conversation with Greg McCullough right after this. I saw you slam your club in anger and took the grass off its edge. I saw you look at me and wonder. We are back. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show. It's presented by Michelob Alter on 740 The Fan, 107.3 on the FM dial. Greg McCullough is the guest, the head professional at Edgewood Golf Course since it opened in 1951 or built or 1924. 26? 1926. Yep, and then my understanding, 52 is when it became grass. 52, nine holes, 53, the other nine. I want to switch our our, our thought here for a little bit uh, with, with Tom Hoagie and the season he's had. And I saw an article earlier this week that he's on the radar for the President's Cup. Any thoughts on that? You know, that's pretty cool. We talked about this earlier in the year. Um Tom has had a great he had a great start. He's probably struggled, you know, he has a six week struggle in there and he's mm-hmm. he's played a little bit better. I think for him to make that president's cup, I believe they take six and he's like twelfth or thirteenth. He's 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 not gonna play this week. He's not gonna play the, until the first week of the FedEx. I, I think he's gotta have um two good weeks there to to stay in the thought process. Okay. You know, if he goes that first week and misses a cut, second week misses a cut, I, I, I don't know if he can make it. I mean, there's a lot of fluidity in the golf world right, right now, but I would say if, you know, if all of a sudden he could be, have two good weeks in a row, I think he would definitely be in the in the conversation for a captain's pick. Although when you look at the field, there there's a lot of good names there. Yep. Tom Hoagie did a 17 of 29 cuts made. Earnings of four million two hundred seventy-one thousand. That's not a bad year. Again, each year Tom has gotten a little better, yep. which is pretty cool considering he's you know not the longest guy out there. Um, doesn't put it the best sometimes, but he continues to get better. Let's segue to the FedEx Cup and the FedEx Cup playoffs. A lot of people really don't understand how that works. Why don't you give the one hundred one version, the Cliff's Notes version of? The FedEx playoffs. So the FedEx Cup points, you know, the tour always used to be about money. Dollars one got you to the next steps. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know how long ago FedEx did some sponsorships. And they and, and the tours try to get away from money earned to points earned. And their, their points are top heavy. So, you know, that person who's making the cut 25 times but not, not doing as well or a top 10 isn't going to make enough points, although his money will be very good. Mm-hmm. So they take the top 125 in points. After, I think it's this week, after this week, those top 125 in points keep their tour card, and then they start a playoff format. The first week, all 125. Then the top 70 in points go to the next week. You retain your points. You retain, and you know the first two weeks are double points, so you can see a lot of movement here. So that's why I said, Tom, you know, it'd be nice if he could make one or two cuts because he's, you know, probably, I don't know if he's 17th or 18th, something like that. You know, he possibly is in the the tour championship possibly you know things would go backwards and he would miss but if a he doesn't cuts. make the first cut yeah, he, he's gonna make that first cut for sure because okay, it goes to 70 okay 70 right yep. and then they go to 30 so that's 70 to 30 you know if he can make the second cut for sure if he would make both that would yep. that would get him in and and so they go 125 then points to 70 and then points to 30 and then they go to east lake for the finals yep and east lake country club in atlanta which i have played not very well. well of, but, co- of course, you have. Not very well, but I have. <laughs> I've heard it's tremendous. Oh, it is just yes. And it's a course where Bobby Jones didn't believe in in yardage markers. He thought it was cheating. So 
you're out there and you think, okay, is that Bush 150? I think. I don't know. You know. He's out there playing with you a little it, bit. Well, you're just because pl- there's no yardage mark. Right. Yeah. So you're just you're sort of on you know your eye your eyeballing. There everything. you go. And I, didn't no caddies to walk it off or anything. So. That's like old school Sangreen stuff going on here. It was. We didn't we have got yardages. To do that story, we didn't yeah. have yardages. We just we just kind of looked at it. Tom made a nice contribution to your Minnesota section PGA. Why don't you explain that? So the, in the, in the, I can't quite remember the name. So Tom kind of Tom reached out to the Minnesota section about what could he do to help. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom played in a lot of Minnesota section junior, or Minnesota junior events. That's kind of how he got started. That's kind of how he got noticed. Yep. Um, Jeff Jermel, our executive director, and Tom and Kelly, you know, all being involved. Tom said, "What's the best? What do you think is the best way to do it?" And they came up with a plan where, in the youngest age group, the first event that they play. Mm-hmm. Is free because they think if that once that person has that first event, they're going to want to keep playing after that. So Tom gave fifty thousand dollars. So that's yep. basically five hundred free entries for four years um, to get people more involved. And and that's a you know that's a grassroots donation. That's right. not that's not a you know we're just going to skip three or four steps here. That's a grassroots donation. And who knows of those kids? And he was one of them. Who knows of those kids maybe wouldn't be able to play without that. And then they do start playing, and then all of a sudden they play from 7 until they're 18 in college and become PGA Tour players. We do not get a lot of those big donations like that. And I think, you know, thanks Tom and Kelly, both of them. They both, he met her. Yeah, he met he, her. They both That's where grew he up her. playing those events. Mm. So they understand what it's all about in a smaller area, even though the city's area is big. But, you know, Minnesota section is Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota. So it does help all the kids in our, in our Midwest area. I think it's also impressive that he approached you. The Minnesota section didn't approach him. And, and, and like, could you please give something? Tom no. does a real – Tom and Kelly do a very good job of remembering where they came from. Yeah. Yeah. And they're always trying to help um, as much as they can. So that's, I mean, again, another good part about Tom keeping playing the tour, right? I mean, again, it, not many people, a lot of people around here would do that, but we don't see that necessarily everywhere. As evidenced by when he's introduced at tournaments and especially at the Masters, he made a point of this. He kept telling the PGA Tour over the, no, I'm not from Fort Worth. I'm from Fargo. Announce me from Fargo. Yep. He, again, that's a that's a that's a a grassroots effort for him to kind of stay local, and he and he always, literally, he always remembers what's going on locally as mm-hmm. well. And and it's hard when you get busy and and you're traveling and you don't necessarily live here all the time. It's easy to forget where you came from. Tom and Kelly have not done that. A few minutes left with Greg McCullough, head professional at Edgewood Golf Course. Um, with our show since the beginning of time, which I don't know, eighteen years going or something like that, it's uh, it's been, it goes, it's been it goes a great fast, run. doesn't it? It does, it does go fast. Wow! Can we talk about the live tour? Sure. Yeah. What do you want? Your talk thoughts? About? Uh, you know, it it's it's uh, upsetting the apple cart. Um, things change. Mm-hmm. You know, I thing. I, I'm I'm don't know if that would be the greatest way to do it, but maybe that's the only way to do it. Uh, their current CEO has always kind of thought that the that the PGA Tour was against him. Um, he has a little bit of a grind to axe, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we all have we all have what we got to do. We'll see what happens going forward. Unfortunately, this thing is going to end up in the courts, and obviously, yesterday, and that's that, what we saw this that, week. That was that was announced. Uh, we'll see what happens from there, and then we'll just kind of move along. Yeah, it's not good for golf. It's well, it, it, it's a it's a shift in. Do you want professional athletes getting paid no matter what, 
or do you want them getting paid for performance? Wasn't that the badge of honor or is the badge of honor of golf is you earn your money. It's not, it, you know, you have your sponsorships. I get that. It, it makes it, it makes it, I believe, different than other sports. Very different. Yes. What may or may not happen if this goes through is I think it will become a lot like tennis where the tournaments will be exhibitions right. versus tournaments. That's what it feels like to me. It, I, I, I totally agree with it. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm not, I mean, again, I, I would like to see it the way it's been just because I like the fact that you have to play a certain level to make it, but I also understand that the changes need to happen in times. Here's my question to you is how can you, if you're the committee for a major championship, whether it's a Masters, U.S. Open, whatever, have a set of qualifications from a 54-hole tournament tour and a 72-hole tournament tour? I think that would be difficult. I also think a limited field every week is difficult. There's only yes. 48 players versus 125, well, actually 156. Um, so that will be a question. And, and yes, there are 54-hole events and, and narrower field events that do gain world ranking points. Um, I just don't know on a weekly basis for 14 weeks when you have the same field every week and there's only 48 how you can do that. Before we go, what's going on with August looking ahead to fall golf at Edgewood? Yeah, you which know. Which is a beautiful yeah. place so to play just, golf I, in the fall. I, I was just going to say, in general, you know, September maybe, maybe, and probably has been, our it's our best month to play. It's not as hot. Mm-hmm. It's not as, you know, we do get some cold. It's usually not quite as windy. Um, it's a beautiful outside atmosphere. I think all the golf courses, the golf courses are usually in a little, they get in better condition because the heat doesn't, you know, get to them as much. So September is a great time to play. August at all the facilities all around, right? This is our last X. This is our last Y in August school starts. So we have a little bit of a transition here. So this month is great. September, the weather's going to be good. The days get a little bit shorter, um, but we're we're expecting a good August, September, and then October tends to be what's the weather going to be like. Yep. Thank you. Thank you to you and all the five public courses. Appreciate cool. it. That's Greg McCullough. This is Jeff Kopak. When we come back, Mark Johnson, right around the corner. Drop them in the sand trap, spray them left and right and long. And we're back. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show is presented by Michelob Ultra. That song is technically not right. It's not a sand trap. It's a bunker, I keep telling people. I got That guy, whoever did that song, needs to re-record it. It's the bunker. Thanks again to Greg McCullough for joining us in the first half of the show. Greg, always a great guest of the show, always, and been since day one. And with that, we segue to another guest who's been with also since day one. Mark Johnson is the CEO and director of golf at Sweet Shots, formerly the head professional at, at the Fargo Country Club, and also the tournament director at the Bobcat North Dakota Open. Mark, am I missing something else? What else have you done in golf? Uh, that, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my whole life's been in golf. Yeah. Very fortunate Very fortunate to be around a great game, so thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And a couple reasons I want you on, and mainly for the Bobcat North Dakota Open, which is August 26th to 28th at the Fargo Country Club. We'll get that to a little bit. But first, sweet shots. Every time I go by on I-29, it looks like the parking lot is packed. I'm guessing you've had a pretty bang-up year here. It's gone really well. Uh, the community has embraced uh, 
the concept of golf entertainment. And, uh, yeah, we're seeing folks uh, pick up a golf club for their first time ever, and we're seeing people that are seasoned golf veterans that uh, come out and take advantage of some of the, the golf gaming. But it's, uh, it's, it's really fun to see people having a good time, and, and uh, I think we're all looking for things to do in town, and, and uh, we've checked that box. So it, it's been a great start. I suppose you don't know until you know when you bring something new to a community. I think you probably had a good guess it would work, but is there a little surprise, a little relief? Where are you sitting there? Yeah, maybe a little bit of both. I mean, you certainly, you know, we had Topgolf's uh, information about what they've done, but they, they really haven't gone into markets as small as, as Fargo-Moorhead region. So there was a little unknown, but we also scaled our facility to match the size of our community. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we've, we've actually done a little better than we thought And uh, because we all know the summers are, are busier. We have a lot of options of things to do, whether it's the lakes or the fair or Rib fest, you know, all these things come up, uh, but we've really we've been busy throughout throughout the summer, and and we're seeing business for holiday parties really ramping up. And we think once uh, fall rolls around and courses start uh, winding down, uh, between our league play and events, um, charity fundraisers, yeah, we we anticipate actually our fall to be our busiest time of the year. Interesting point that when the Red Hawks came to town in the mid 1990s, and Irvin Inger said this. Everybody goes, well, they'll never, it'll never work. The Red Hawks won't work. Everybody goes to the lakes. And Irv said, no, 11% of the people in the area go to the lakes. It's not like 90%. Everybody's hitting the lake. Right. Yeah. And and uh, I've gone to Red Hawks games this summer. I've seen great crowds yep. there. And on the same night, we were busy. We were busy at Sweet Shot. So same with the fair, same with the street fair. You know, it's been busy downtown, but yet we're still busy. So, um we, we track some of that. We actually have some visitors that come in from out of town mm-hmm. specifically to, uh, you know, maybe they're doing other things while they're in town, but they're definitely making Sweet Shots one of their stops. And it, it, it's something for everyone, whether uh, it's, a you know, a, a, a teenager or a, or a grandparent. It, it's really kind of one-stop one stop shop, and it's great people watching, actually. If you don't want to play <laughs> golf, you just want to have a... Uh, a sandwich yep. and, a, and a glass of water. You could you could entertain yourself. And the Johnson Five playing lately? Uh, we played a few weeks ago. We'll probably be on the docket. We have live music Thursday nights out on the terrace as long as the weather holds. And that's been that's been a lot of fun to see people just getting uh, getting out and enjoying the summer. Yeah, I forgot some live music. I forgot to add Rockstar to your introduction, so I, I apologize for that. Mark Johnson is. Oh, I just tag along with those guys. Oh, yeah. I, I just tag along. <laughs> Uh, let's segue to the Bobcat North Dakota Open, August 26th to 28th. Again, you were at FCC, and you've been able to hold on as the title as tournament director, which I think obviously probably means a lot to you, does it not? You know, it does. I grew up um, really kind of seeing this tournament as, as a, the marquee event in our region. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it started, I believe this is the 58th tournament, but it was always something I aspired to play in professionally, and and knowing that the good that it does with uh, with Bobcat being the presenting sponsor in the Village Valley Service Center, uh, doing such great work in our community, uh, to have the opportunity when I was at Fargo Country Club to direct the tournament, um, if, if I could stay on board in some capacity, I, I was really interested in doing that. And the tournament's run technically by the North Dakota Open Foundation and um I told Dave Schultz, uh, of course, the head professional at Fargo Country Club, I said, you just relax, practice, 
and I want you to be the first professional to be the head throw at Fargo and also win the North Dakota Open <laughs> in the same year. So no pressure, David, yeah. but uh, I want to... I want to be involved uh, to a level where he doesn't have to worry about things, and we uh, we just keep the tradition of a great great community event going. What do you worry about as a tournament director? Weather, yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, just trying to get when because we're a full field, uh, two hundred and eight players. Days are long with sunlight, but with that many players, if you have a weather delay, it certainly puts things on tilt a little bit, and and then that flows too through to our volunteers. You know, many of them give hours and hours, and then all of a sudden we change the game on them and ask them uh, to come early or, uh, you know, do, do double time because of a weather delay. That that throws a wrinkle in everything. I mean, we get through it, but certainly mm-hmm. weather is what we worry about. Two-time winner, Andre Metzger, I had it. Ha- he was on my show uh, last week, and Andre made the, uh, uh, the 3M Open, made the Monday qualifier, and really cool to see a guy like that who just grinds through the Dakotas tour and makes finally makes a, a tournament. He unfortunately he didn't make the cut, but still what did it mean for you to see a guy like Andre actually make a PGA tournament? Yeah. I, you know, that's kind of uh it adds validity to what that tour is and, and how good those guys are. Um, and, it, and I said it before, but any given week, these guys that are in the final group, the open, you know, could probably compete on a on a, at a. They're playing at the level of a PGA Tour event, and whether or not they make the cut or not, that's the type of quality golf that we're seeing at, at the Country Club for the Open. So, um, yeah, it 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 really it adds just a another notch of, of credibility that hey, these guys are good. You know, there was another guy that hasn't missed too many Opens, Jeff Sorensen out of the Twin Cities. Jeff's a a club pro he teaches at Minicotta Club. Jeff also played in the 3M Open. Oh, I didn't know that. Qualified uh, mm-hmm. uh, and played. So, and, and Jeff missed the cut as well. But these these guys can really play. And historically, you'll see Jeff and Andre finish in the top ten at our at our events. Mark Johnson is a guest. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the golf show. Is presented by Michelob Ultra. Coming to you from 7:40, the fan on the AM dial. I think in the Dakotas tour, there's a little misconception that everybody's 22 years old and fresh out of college. Really, not the case. Tony Albano Jr., the, the the money leader right now, I think he's like 29 years old. So there's some veteran players on this tour who are going head to head with with anybody. Yeah, there are, and you know, probably our most uh, recognizable name around the country club is Tim Ailes. Yeah, Tim, I think 49. It seems like he's been positioning himself for a champions tour run here for about a half half decade or more and probably the case but you know Tim can really play um it'll be fun to see if he can parlay that into a into a career since starts on the champions tour but um yeah you're seeing two types primarily two types of players folks young young men are coming out of college that can really play and they're trying to find a place to play trying to improve i think of thomas layman tom layman's son is one of those guys out there playing um they're trying to figure out how this world of professional golf uh how to how to do it and then you have your guys that probably are trying to prepare themselves see how good they can maintain their game and stretch it out see if they can make it something on the champions tour and then some floaters you know some guys that cherry pick some events that they might have uh, they make you know corn Ferry tour they might monday qualify for that they might play on some canadian tour events and then they'll sprinkle in um on the Dakotas tour where it makes sense. I'm assuming that might be the guys with a little more experience. I'm assuming, Mark, that one of the entrants will be Andrew Israelson. He's in his second year after 
a great career at North Dakota State, second year making a run at, at pro golf. This summer at the Baker Crossing turn, won his first event at Baker Crossing, uh, $10,000 first prize. He is, where is he? He's uh, ninth on the money list right now. So good to see Andrew making making a run at pro golf. What, what does a guy like that have to do to get to the next level? Well, he, he needs to play well like he did at Brackets Crossing at the right times when given the right opportunity. And I'll announce it here. We just I just had a conversation with Andrew. He felt terrible, but he asked to withdraw. He's yep. actually uh, he got a sponsor exemption to the Canadian Tour event. Oh, okay. uh, the same weekend, and he uh, he he feels terrible missing the event because he really had this one. Uh, once he turned professional, had this one on his calendar, mm-hmm. one of those that he wanted to win, kind of be in good company with his with his dad, right. uh, Bill Israelson. But um, so he, you know, so now all of a sudden you look at a kid like Andrew. Okay, he's going to get a start on the Canadian Tour, which is now owned by the PGA Tour. And, you know, if you if you, you win out there, all of a sudden you get in the Canadian Open. I think you know Tom Hoagie kind of did that, that similar route. Mm-hmm. Um, not that he didn't have some other options, but. You know, you never know that doors open when you play well at the right times. And these guys, they need the opportunity, and then they need to parlay that and just keep building. I, I equated to going to Las Vegas, and you, you walk in there with, you know, maybe fifty bucks, and but your goal is to win big money. You're you're going to just keep letting it ride, and you got to win. You got to win when you got money on the table, and that's that's the opportunity Andrew has this next week. I've seen you on many late Sunday afternoons right outside the clubhouse at the Fargo Country Club handing the winner a check for the PGA Tour school and the, and the first prize of $10,000. What are what are traits you see in those guys that end up winning this tournament? Well, they it's specifically the week of the tournament. Yeah, they play well, but they're also they're very patient. They get themselves around the golf course and and, and they find ways to avoid big numbers, and they make their share of birdies, but they're, but they're very patient, and they let their talent play out. Um, these guys, though, on a macro level, kind of big, big picture level, you know, they're all really motivated by that same carrot, and that's a career in professional golf on, on the main stage. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you, talk to them, you talk to them all, and they, they all realize that this is another step. Um, and, and that money that Bobcat puts up for tour school, you know, if they could parlay that, just like we we're talking about with, with Andrew with an opportunity, they parlay this uh, with an opportunity. Uh, they make it through Q school. Maybe Bobcat's on their bag. You just never know what break uh, gets, gets them to that next level. And I think they all have that, that carrot dangling out in front of them. They see that vision um, that th- this is another opportunity, another step in the right direction. The Bobcat North Dakota, North Dakota Open, 58th annual. Bobcat North Dakota Open, Mark, which is really quite a feat. August 26th and 28th at the Fargo Country Club. Come out Sunday. Come out put that on your calendar. It's great golf. It, it's fun. It usually goes down to the last few holes. I think it's, um, it, it's a great event for this community. So thanks, Mark. You got it, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. That's Mark Johnson, Sweet Shots, director of the North Dakota Bobcat Open. This is Jeff Kopak. When we come back, we're going to wrap up this baby in this year. Back after this. I saw you slam your club in anger and took the grass off its edge. I saw you look at me. Welcome back for the final segment, unfortunately, of the summer with the golf show. Again, thank you to everybody who has been a great listener over the fifth largest signal 
AM signal in the country. Finishing the show with a couple of talking heads, Jack Michaels and Brad Anderson. First of all, Brad, congratulations. Thank you. You are back. Tell the listeners what you're doing. Uh, well, I'm a uh, brand manager of uh, 740 The Fans, so we try to kind of oversee things a little bit, and uh, I'm... I'm learning a lot of things. I don't know if it's if it's all sinking in, but it will over time. But uh, um, we'll be doing handling a lot of local play-by-play, a lot of high school stuff. Um, we'll help with the you know we'll tag team here with Jack and Derek for the noon show and just all kinds of things. We were uh, trying to update the uh, mm-hmm. website regularly with uh, with with news stories and such, and uh, just trying to keep that fresh and ready and just. Kind of, honestly, Doctor, a little bit of everything. Yeah, so. Yeah. so, Brad and I, you go back with this show, because in another station, you mm-hmm. were the the board guy, you were the producer. I was for, yeah. boy, two, three years, probably. Yeah. Boy, we had some bang-up shows. <laughs> I think I remember having to fill in for you a couple of times. Yeah, that's I remember right. going to Maple River one time, and uh, I think I remember going to Edgewood one time, and with uh, with Greg McCullough, and uh, there's got to be others, too. Those are the two that I, that stand out the most to me, that I remember having to uh, to fill in where you were, uh, you were tied up. Well, now that you're back at, uh, and we're now at state, I'll, I'll remember that next year. Okay, next fair year enough. Get going. Fair enough. Do either of you two play golf? Jack, well, you, you don't play I, golf. I do. I, I, I absolutely love it. I used to not at all. And then um, and then with Mr. Wills, when, when he joined me on the Red Hawks broadcast, and Maury and I were traveling the countryside together, uh, these former any of those pro athletes, as we know, they just love. That's the way they pass their time, keep their competitiveness. And Wills was a tremendous golfer, great small game, if you will. You know, not long off the box, but boy, he just he was finely tuned. So Maury's like, Jack, Jack, you have to golf with me, Jack. And we, so I'm like, well, I better pick this sport up. So I went out and great show today because I went over to at that time a golf course called the Meadows, still very much there, and there was a guy named Mark Johnson. That was <laughs> had Mark on today, and I said, "Mark, I need to learn how to swing it. I've been up baseball, so he got me on a seven iron and and learned to hit that seven and you know the, some of those clubs well. That kind of graduated to mm-hmm. you know swings because I didn't want to be traveling with Maury and I'm the guy driving and delaying us because I'm taking my ball down in some <laughs> crevice or bunker all the time while he's on the fairway and all that. So I I actually could could swing a little Base, bit. Baseball and golf go hand in hand. I had a friend of mine who was a club pro in Texas. When Roger Clemens was was really hot down there, and Roger golfed a lot, and he, and he said all these big star pitchers would come in, and they'd never have to pay, but all like rookies would have to pay, and isn't that like backwards? Yeah, you think like you the, think most the millionaires job. could pay like the green yeah. fee? Like if Juan Soto gets free golf, there's something not right with that. But I get why that, that is. So it actually yes, go ahead, Mr. Clemens, Mr. Mr. Yeah. Johnson, you're paying. That's right. <laughs> you owe a lot of that. So that was it. So I, I got a uh, for Father's Day one day a set of clubs for as a gift on Father's Day and and uh, and man, they're gathering some dust now. But I don't get. A, I would love to get out more. I I, I think it's sport is fantastic. Well, I got to thank you guys for uh, this station and allowing me to talk about golf and promote golf. And I think that's the beauty, Brad, of the fan of it's just not this or that. But there's a variety of stuff, I think, for listeners. I always say we, we kind of want it to be a melting pot of sports. Um, you know, obviously, we have, we're very fortunate here to have, um, you know, uh, contacts with the Red Hawks all summer, and we're tied in with UND, and we're certainly not, 
uh, even though we aren't the broadcast holder of NDSU, we've got some contacts there, mm-hmm. and and and, it, and you know a lot of the area high schools and you name it. I mean, and that's that's what we're here for. I mean, it's it's kind of like I said, it's kind of a melting pot, and I think we have some great specialty programs. I think Travis does a great job with uh, with around the rink and what you've done, you know, for years and years with this show, and then there's certainly. There's an audience for it, and yeah. which is which is great. So, um, so that's definitely uh, uh, you know it, it, I, I I'm glad we have things like that. I, I think it, it, more local programming, more specialty programming. We're happy to have it. Local, 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 yeah, hyper local. I like to say, yeah. and it's it's really to, to be able to get Brad back here. And I didn't realize how long it had been. I was telling Brad that. So it just seemed like Brad has never been away from us, but he has. And it's like, yeah, it's been like four years. I went, that's great. But to reiterate that, so us to be able to grab Brad and his versatility, but, to, you know, not to just blow Jeff Kolpak's horn here because, you know, the guys have been. You're kind of a big deal, Jeff, and and, and it was really neat to have just on the, a long deal. You're kind yeah. of <laughs> I've been here a long time, this, but you're kind of a big deal. Uh, but to have you on that and, and have a show that is a popular show, this golf show, and I, I hear a lot of great feedback on that. And you mentioned Travis Dunn when we can tap the hockey crowd and have golf shows like this that aren't just you know programming for the sake of programming, but good content programming in the podcast era too. So, in a right, podcast, yeah. Right, so yeah, it's, access it's, at any time. It's really awesome. So yeah, good stuff. Uh, what's the what's the future? What Brad? Now you're looking at the melting pot here. Uh, you, you're 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 still going to be behind the mic. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll try to be. Um, you know, I, you know, we'll do some. We, had, we always do our daily sports updates uh, during uh, during K fan programming. We try to do a minute or two every hour of um, just mm-hmm. just kind of sports news of the day it's always changing and always evolving um planning on doing a lot of high school sports uh kind of all around the regions class b some class a um you know we're we're home for the state tournaments as well with the, the dakota bowl and the state basketball tournaments and uh, yeah i will be around and i'm you know i certainly would like to do maybe a few more things um maybe Ooh. maybe prep related too just okay just you know just kind of everyday things just you know yep. there's something to be said for just getting scores out people want to know what the score was or you got the details like that and and it's it seems very simple but it's uh maybe not as easy to find as it used to be well thank you gentlemen all right thanks for thank providing you, the excellent job again the award-winning and highly touted we i am entering what's the award called the, the jurgens is on me to oh yeah i'm sure that you'll be looking marconi for, or something yeah, or what yeah, is yeah, it yeah you'll be going so, into that but maybe get a severide with the severide, a, a severide. Awards, yeah yes. so I have a couple of those. Yeah, yes. so I have to go through and sift and find the best show and give to Jurgens. So yep. that's it. It's always fun. It. I've got a few. Of, that's what all those. Got a few of those over there. So you wow, can just add Jeff Colpack to the staff. Now that would be an honor. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. for a writer to have a show on a award-winning, uh, you know, author radio show. I mean, come on, author. Yeah, author, you know, uh, add another one to the mix. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks. Before we leave, I want to thank our sponsors: the Fargo Parks, the Morad Parks, Barnesville Grocery. Wildflower Golf Course, Michelob Ultra, of course, and Forest Hills Golf Course. Barnesville Grocery is a new one, by the way. And I, I was I was told that Mark Klein, Mark, you need to have the Copac Golf Show brought before the summer is over. Name a, if I could get a brought named after me, that would be awesome. But again, thanks to our guest, Greg McCullough. Thanks to Mark Johnson. And thanks to all of you. We'll be back, and we'll see you next March.